<coughs> a baby crawled across a boxer con fur rug. His mother, Anastasia Verget, was across the room. Anastasia was taking and editing pictures of her spawn. The baby dragged himself across the pelt of the extinct boxer con. The last boxer on was killed by his grandfather in Garishu. The mother didn't even notice time agent Secur Verget as she showered baby Secur with both attention and neglect. Secur aimed his crossbow at his younger self. Anastasia did not notice her baby's death for several minutes. Long after time agent Secur vanished into the future. Locust Radio. Than middle class and, and rich people. But I also think, again, it's the materiality of it. The online nonsense con- eventually contradicts the lot- lived experience of most working class people, right? In a, you know, like the decontextualized floating holier than thou competition doesn't really match everyday life when you have to cooperate with your coworkers, either to endure things as they are or better yet, try to change them. Right. But, you know, for middle class intellectual types, it kind of matches the way middle class intellectual types experience the world. I'm trying to prove I'm the most valuable speaker. My words are magic to prove that I'm special, you know, and so on. And if you don't recognize it, it just proves I'm that much more special. Um, And I think this like describes kind of how the sex operate. And it's the people who are like the most eager to cancel people online. Mm -hmm. And also the people, the the socialist normie bros who are the most eager to eager to get canceled. (laughs) You know, it's it's a weird game that has very little to do with, you know, actual everyday life. I thought one of the great things in the interview we did with Ken LeBlanc, because we asked her what she thought her vision of utopia would be. One, she didn't want to answer because she's like, I'm not enough people to answer that question. It requires the input of too many people Two, everybody should have food. And she gives people she like serves people food. She's like. This should be a right. It should be an art, right? It should be this wonderful thing. It's something we need and that everybody should have health care um, and so on. And so her idea of utopia flowed from the material in this really beautiful way. And that doesn't mean I don't think we should imagine utopias. Um, I think Mark Cuse was right when he talked about how the the wealth of society was such that it was weird not to imagine a post-capitalist utopia at this point. Mm. Um, But that's also flowing from the material, right? It's also flowing from observation of material reality. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That is the thing. I, I think one of the things when we talk about utopia, one of the reasons it's become almost a put down over the past several decades uh, is, I mean, you know, when, when you think about when someone is 
has a basic criticism of uh, when someone has a basic criticism of socialist organizing or things like that. Uh, their first criticism is that, that that's all utopian. And you're like, well, why is that a problem? Yeah. And I think part of that is is the fact that everything we were talking about earlier, that because of the onslaughts of <clears throat> neoliberalism, the idea that there is no alternative, all of that, uh, conceptions of utopia have become more and more unrooted uh, from the actual real world. The material, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly, the material. So when we talk about material utopias, that's, or concrete utopias, whatever we want to call it, that's, that's another part of our challenge right now, to be able to, to see that the contradictions in life as we experience it now, yes, they're painful, yes, they're contradictory, yes, they're frustrating, but they also in some ways provide the 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 fertile soil for for us to our our utopia is going to be a pivot from those contradictions right we live in a very multipolar kind of existence as socialists mm -hmm. between uh despair and hope and belief and morbid attachments to our pessimism it's um it's psychologically really, really difficult to be on the left. Well, it's difficult to be floating out there in capitalism as soon as you realize things that are going on. It's it's um, it's an attack on our on our mental health, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's what I I find so compelling about about your um, poetry is there is this this real sense of struggle and there is this real sense of acknowledgement of going back and forth between seeing things as they are and 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 seeing them um in in their most negative uh connotations and what's resulting but yet there's a sense of hope or you wouldn't be writing at all yeah and uh and so th I feel that I feel that that swing back and forth of the, of the pendulum, not just going side to side, but in different directions. And I think yeah. that's very I think that's very uh, characteristic of being on the left right now. Oh, yeah. So I think that really resonates. It resonates with me. Thank you. I'm glad it does. I'm I, I also love the struggle in Alex's poetry. I'm going to be upfront. I don't really like the word hope or the focus on it very much sure um, I, mean, honestly, I, kind of, I, I, I use it for lack of a better term a lot of the time uh, i think belief is a good one and, and i'll say why uh, i think belief makes more sense i think there's a tendency hope to be very much like i think there's a passivity to it uh, at one level and also a tendency to be separate from the inescapability of 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 the struggle that happens whether you want it to or not, right? Um, for a lot of working class people. And also uh, the way it was used, like in the sect some of us used to be in the ISO was as sort of a optimal utilitarianization of our, our emotions about the class struggle, right? So you yeah. end up with weird formulations in the ISO, like, yeah, there's a mass protest, but actually the mass protest is in response to something terrible. 
and yeah. people are going out of the streets because they had no choice. It was actually terrible. People got to the point where they went into the streets in mass because their life had gotten that bad, you know? Yeah. So you yeah. end up with like this kind of odd sort of dynamic. I think like with the utopian socialists, when Marx and Engels are arguing against them, especially Engels who had to argue against during and others later, um, you know, there was, this was a situation where almost everybody in the labor movement and socialist movement who was worth talking to believed in a very abstracted ver and the socialist movement believed in a very abstracted version of the universal brotherhood or whatever of man. Of course, it was in sexist terminology at the time. So their response to the, the utopians wasn't so much that stupid as but how do we get there? Right. Um, so it was there was this belief in this sort of vague utopian sense and Mark Singles said, well, how do we actually make that happen? Yeah, weren't we supposed to get to my poem like a half hour ago or something? <laughs> I, I think it's time for Alex to read uh, his poem from I, Locust yeah. Review number eight. Um, and what's the title of that poem, Alex? It is uh, Republic of Dreams or a Hallucination on the 848. Nice. Yeah. Let's read a poem. This morning, I saw a shopping cart trundling down the sidewalk by itself, weighed down with wet paper pulp, mildewed grocery bags, and greasy chicken bones. Smelled of underpasses, fitful sleep, mental breakdowns on subway platforms. I am your home, it shouted at me. A starved number, a deflected machine, a monologue in rust. I tried to reply, rebuff, refute, but by then it was already hugging a shiny new fighter jet in the ionized air. Just another Tuesday. Whenever this train stops long enough for me to think, I can hear your condescension, rehearsed in your head and squeezed through pursed lips. How sad, the refrain goes, we would like to do something. Words of empathy, fashion accessories, useful like a landmine. I'd report them to the International Criminal Court, but I've had too much coffee this morning and can't keep any of my house plants alive. The succulents are snickering under their breath. Even cacti wither to spike me. Now I'm standing here asking why I can't remember any of my own poems. Congealed grief. Hopes rotted and dried out, uprooting themselves. A cypress in a wildfire, our parents insist, is still safe to climb. On the other side, there is a planet of bright green fields, spinning desperately to get out. Pastimes we taught it to sing, the verses of Shelley and Blake, Morris and Le Guin. We had language with substance and nourishment. Before we were coerced, how to speak our own non-futures. Today we feed it, when we remember it, with humanitarian promises. Charity is a bunch of empty calories, sugar for the liberal soul. Won't bring my snake plant back to life. In a more ordered hell, the gaps in cynicism were wide enough to drive a truck through, smuggling arms to freedom fighters in the Republic of Dreams. Now the six o'clock news is full spectrum, following us around in our back pockets, burning holes in our hope. Our deepest fears layered tightly into memes, futile prayers. They stay trapped on the screen. 
Here is the father whose spine is the shape of a bus, and the child who can only smell sulfur now. Over here, the teenager who puffed cesium onto their cheeks, her best friend who dreads his parents having another baby while he rummages through the scrapyard. Next to them, the janitor at the munitions plant, who every night has nightmares about the fighter jets embrace. There is an overworked metalsmith somewhere in North Carolina. He should be proud of the soothsaying shopping cart he built five years ago. The throb of repetitive stress makes it impossible to concentrate. Last year, the union came in for a spell, held the election too early, lost badly. His work is better suited for panic attacks than anything smacking of pride. Days built from deafening strains. So it goes. For him, for everyone, everyone but you. But someone must, you say. Better him than us, you imply. Back on the bright green planet, the long-lost republic rediscovered. An assembly of objects, steam engines and friolators, obsolete iPods, misshapen bike wheels, stamped and bent into community rec centers, schools and hospitals vowing to make themselves useful to our children. Old roads are made new, dirt and gravel pointing us back to the places we forgot that still live, barely, faintly, at the roots of our nerves, itching to tell us, it's okay, you can rest now, cry now, mourn, then get up and live. It's 9.15. I'm late for work and am considering getting a ficus.